Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here on this February 18th, 2021 for our Congregation at Prayer Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer around God's Word. We are in the midst of catechesis on the sacrament of the altar. Uh, hopefully that catechesis was fulfilling for you as you gathered yesterday around the Lord's altar to receive his body and blood on Ash Wednesday. And we'll continue to study, again, to um, both remind us of what we already know, but also uh, to teach us what we have not. And so we'll be doing that today from the gospel lesson of the wedding at Cana. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We say our memory verse for this week. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16. Our psalm is Psalm 107, beginning in verse 17. Some were fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out word, his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving, and tell of his deeds in songs of joy. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters, they saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep, where he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven, they went down to the depths, their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men, and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people, and praise him in the assembly of the elders. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. First reading today is the broader context from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men. Judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. Observe Israel after the flesh. Are not those who eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? What am I saying then? That an idol is anything? 
or what is offered to idols is anything? Rather, that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with the demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. There ends the reading. All right, the table of demons, as we studied when we looked at 1 Corinthians 10 in our Wednesday evening Bible study, oh, some probably about a year ago now, or not quite, nine months, maybe. Um, we, t- we talked about this table or fellowship with demons, and this is referring, of course, to uh, the meals that were being offered in the temples uh, to the idols there in Corinth. Uh, for example, I think it was Demeter was one of them that we mentioned. Um, can't remember the other temples. And they would have like dining halls <laughs> where they would um, use sacrificial offerings, um, kind of like in a restaurant setting as a fundraiser. All right. Now, our text for catechesis is from John chapter 2. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing twenty or thirty gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now, and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. All right, so some questions and answers here. Uh, What, or when, I should say, did the wedding take place? It says here in verse 1, on the third day. What other event happens on the third day? That's right, the resurrection. Uh, What other link to the resurrection is in this chapter? Mm. Now you have to know the broader context, right? What else is going on in John chapter 2? Well, later in chapter 2, after the sign, um, Jesus cleanses the temple in John. So this is different than what we saw, what we see in the synoptic gospels in John. uh, Maybe he did it twice. uh, Regardless, it happens right after this, this miracle. And in that text, Jesus says this. Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, It has taken forty-six years to build this temple, and you, will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when his, he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. Right. So destroy this temple in three days. So we have three days of hearing twice, and both in, especially the second, in the context of his resurrection. So what day would this be in the account of John 1 and John chapter 2? 
<laughs> All right, so it's the third day. It's, it's after. You could translate it after three days. Three days after what? All right, so now we have to go back into John chapter 1 uh, and see some time indications here. So day 1 begins in verse 19 of chapter 1. Now this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? All right. And then chapter 1, verse 29, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All right. And then verse 35, again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus. As he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. So this is now the one, two, that would be the third day, right? And then verse 43, the following day, so the fourth day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. All right. And then is that right? No, that would have been the fifth day, right? So chapter 1, verse 29 is the first day of John. Chapter 1, verse um, 19, then verse 29 is day 2. Verse 35 would be day 3. Verse 43 would be, oh no, ha, no. The first day is, of course, the day of creation, the beginning of the chapter. All right, so this would actually be then, uh, add one more, day 6. Day six. Now, what's the significance of day six? In creation story, day six is the day that man was created and the day of Jesus' death as well. So we have death and resurrection all connected here in this text. Uh, where was the wedding that Jesus attended? Right here in Cana of Galilee. Now, uh, a question. What, what is the significance of weddings in the Bible? How, how does Jesus, in particular, uh, use weddings? What does he um, liken them to? They are the type or shadow of what? The antitype. What do they point forward to? Now, ultimately, to the uh, heavenly union of Christ and his bride, the church. Right? You see that in like Matthew 22, uh, in the parable. What parable is that? That's the Well, it's the parable of the wedding feast, but uh, which one? Because <laughs> there's multiple. Kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. That one. Um, also, John picks up on it again in Revelation chapter 19. Um, yeah, there you go. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saint. Saints. Then he said to me, Right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Etc. Alright, I see a question. When was Jesus baptized in this timeline? That's a good question. So the baptism of Jesus in the Gospel of John comes when? John chapter... When was Jesus baptized? Yes, it doesn't appear in the gospel according um, to John, right? Uh, or, no, it does. It, it, it's referred, I remember when we studied this, um, it's referenced, but the actual account is not recorded. So, in, in, according to the timeline, day one, day two, day three is the day of, the, of 
where John refers to Jesus as baptism when he saw the Spirit descend as a dove. All right, so not explicitly um, accomplished in that timeline, but it's referred to in John chapter one, verse twenty-nine and following. So day three, according to that timeline, which makes sense since you have the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Uh, although day eight would have worked as well, I think. All right, uh, back to the story. Who was at the wedding? Jesus and his disciples, right? Ah, but who else? The mother of Jesus that came before, right? So we have his mother, we have Jesus and his disciples. Uh, what did Jesus' mother tell him? They have no wine. They have no wine. The wine was gone. Um, what does Jesus call his mother here? Yeah, woman, woman, why? Well, this is the name that's used for Eve before sin, right? Remember, she receives the name Eve um, after uh, sin. She'd be the mother of all the living, which is a very ironic name since all those who would be born of Eve would end up dying. But yes. Um, but of course, woman then is referring to the promise, right, that is made to her, to the seed of the woman again. Some people would make a lot of hay out of this and saying that. Uh, um, this is Jesus being uh, kind of ornery or whatever. Uh, I, I don't so much. I think it's a, it's more of a rhetorical question, um, especially because uh, Jesus would call his mother by this name again at the end of the gospel. This is in John nineteen. He says it again. Very famous passage. We heard it on uh, Good Friday, where Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by. He said to his mother woman, behold your son. See, drawing it back to Eve again. And then he said to this disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took him into his own home. All right. Um, how does Jesus explain, how does Jesus explain, or how does this explain, I should say, Jesus's hour, which has not yet come. You see here, my hour has not yet come. But it's connected again to this expression, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? When is his hour, according to John? His hour is the hour of his death, right? So again, this he won't refer to her as mother again until his till he's hanging upon the cross. Um, think also of John twelve. Uh, if anyone serves me, this is verse twenty six. Let him follow me, and where I am. There my servant will be also, if anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I came for this hour. Father, glorify your name. And a voice came from heaven saying, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. Right. Therefore the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now it, the ruler of this world will be cast out. And if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying by what kind of death he would die. Right? So we have his hour connected there specifically to his crucifixion. Again, just as we see here in John 2. So that runs through the whole narrative. Uh, what did his mother say to the servants? She's not offended. She understands. 
whatever he says to you, do it. Right. What stood by? Six water pots. And what are these water pots used for? Made out of stone. Yes, for Jewish purification rites. Um, hmm. What might this signify? We have Jewish purification rites, uh, purification by water. Again, yeah. This is pointing forward to the even more important washing, that of holy baptism. How large were these jars? Quite large. 20 or 30 gallons each. And what did Jesus tell his disciples to do? Ironically, these water pots are there, but they're not. They don't have water in them. So he says, fill the water pots with water. Um, what were the servants to do, told to do then with the water? Verse 8, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And who tasted the water, of course? The master of the feast tasted it. But it had become, of course, wine. What does the master then of the feast, of the banquet, say to the bridegroom? Verse 10, beautiful statement. Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and then when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior, but you have kept the good wine until now, till last. All right. And then what does John say about this miracle with his editorial note here? This was the first sign, the first sign that Jesus did. And it reveals, it manifests his, see it there, his glory. Uh, what happens as a result? Yeah, you see it there. His disciples believed in him. His disciples believed in him. This happens frequently throughout uh, John's gospel. We hear this uh, recorded. So I'll give you a few examples. Right away in the next chapter, in John chapter 3, that's with Nicodemus, um, Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows when and where it wills, or it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. All right? So, the Spirit gives faith and new life. John uh, 6, verse 53, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. All right? So, more signs reflected here. We need another sign that gives faith. How about this one? But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. Blood and water, right? Just like John 3, John 6. And he who has seen has testified, and his testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth. Here it is. So that you may believe. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. All right. These, this testimony, the testimony of water and the word from his side in baptism, in the Lord's Supper, are for the sake of faith. Blood and water from the side of Christ, which form the new woman, the church, signified in baptism in the Lord's Supper. All right. John sets forth the first sign of Jesus on the third day. 
just as at the last and eighth, or just as the last and eighth sign in the gospel would be the Lord's resurrection from the dead, also on the third day. The story is also the sixth day in a series of days continued from the first chapter. This indicates the need for man who was created on the sixth day to be set free from or by the death of Christ upon his sixth day. On the sixth day, God gave woman to man to be his wife. But now the man, Jesus, would leave his mother, the woman, and be wed to his bride, the church. The church was to be formed from the blood and water that flow from the side of Christ on the sixth day. The abundance of water in the clay jars signifies the abundant life-giving waters of holy baptism, which truly cleanse us from sin. The wine signifies the blood of Christ, which we drink in the Lord's Supper. There we look forward to the heavenly feast of the finest wine and the succulent meats. There ends the reading and the meditation. Very good. What is the sacrament of the altar? It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, under the bread and wine, instituted by Christ himself for us Christians to eat and to drink. Where is this written? The Holy Evangelist Matthew, Mark, Luke, and St. Paul write, Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. We pray. Lord Jesus Christ, by your own words, you have instituted the Lord's Supper, teaching us to believe that it is your true body and blood, under the bread and wine, for us Christians to eat and to drink. We give thanks to you for this precious gift. Give us true faith in your words, that we might receive your body and blood for the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation, as you have promised. In your holy name we pray. Amen. On this Thursday, we pray for the church and her pastors, for missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, and other servants of Christ in his church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray for all our first responders, doctors, nurses, and all those who work in nursing homes and hospitals. Pray for deliverance from all authoritarian, tyrannical, and dictatorial rule, and those who would restrict or censor our faith, as well as our rights to speech, press, assembly, and redress of grievances. We pray for all uh, women with child and all mothers with infant children, especially Anne, increasing happiness and their blessings, to defend all orphans and widows, and provide for them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Today we pray in Thanksgiving with Sylvia and Alexandra, who both celebrate their birthday, with Nicole, who celebrates her baptism. We pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Kelsey, Amanda, John, Timothy, Sandy, Linda, and Ken, Aaron, and Penny. Our homebound, Bev, David, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey. And the missions and mercy work of the church, especially Sheboygan Lutheran High School and Sheboygan County Hispanic Outreach. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the Collect. O Lord, mercifully hear our prayers, and having set us free from the bonds of our sins, deliver us from every evil. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn.
So good to have you all here with us this morning for our congregation of prayer. If you didn't have the opportunity uh, to join us live last night, you can watch the replay of our Ash Wednesday service, um, and you can hear the first martyr, martyr in the scriptures, that of Abel. So go go back and watch that. I'll repost the sermon at some point today as a podcast, as a separate YouTube video. Um, let's see. I think that's pretty much it. So um, we'll keep uh, plugging away here doing multiple jobs, wearing a lot of different hats, (laughs) Mr. Mom and whatever else. And uh, we'll see you again tomorrow morning for our congregation of prayer.